Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire on this Friday, July 16th. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host, with you for the next hour as we delve into the third show this week. Now, you guys know I typically only do two shows a week. Usually, I always feel like I can't comment too much on news and politics because not much is going on. But this week, we've got three shows and each one has been jam packed with information because of how insane things are are getting. So we're going to be talking today about how we have actual fascists running America at this point, the Biden administration. I mean, as you guys can see by the title of this episode, fascist or Biden staff member, because that's where we've gotten to right now. We have Jen Psaki, who is the U.S. press secretary who cannot even denounce communism and who is coming forward and saying that private American citizens should be silenced, basically, if they go counter to the government's narrative and what they're wanting to talk about. So we're going to be discussing this today and we're going to bring it back to the basics of what fascism actually means, not what we've been hearing this past four years with all these liberals who are screaming, crying about how Donald Trump was a fascist and anybody who supports Trump is a fascist. No, we're going to take it back to the basics and look at the actual definition of fascism, which is when, um, you know, political leaders will use suppression to silence their political opponents or dissidents. So that's what we're currently living through right now. And we're we're going to highlight all of it. It's going to be very jam packed today because. I am very fearful for where our country is headed down, as should everyone who is watching this broadcast be as well. Let's start off with this tweet from the AP that says, as Cubans took to the streets to protest the country's worst economic crisis in decades, authorities block social media sites. It's a tried and true method of stifling dissent by authoritarian regimes around the world. And um, we're going to take this tweet and this tweet is going to be the central basis for every video and quote we're about to listen to from our very own press secretary because the Associated Press just said that it's a tried and true method of authoritarian regimes around the world to stifle dissent, censoring social media, censoring constituents' voices, right? Well, this is press secretary uh, Jen Psaki. Let's hear what she has to say in regards to um, social media and the misinformation that is currently being spread. Let's watch this quick video. Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government. Uh, We've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with Okay, so first off, this woman can't even speak. But second off, let's focus on that that important quote right there. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. But it gets so much worse than that, because if you thought that the government monitoring your Facebook posts and what you're talking about with your fellow Americans was bad, it gets so much worse than that. So on top of that, apparently the government has a list of the people who are spreading the disinformation that they don't like. Let's go ahead and listen to this quick clip as well from again. Jen Psaki, our U.S. press secretary. I think this was a question asked before. There's about 12 people who are producing 65% of anti-vaccine misinformation on social media platforms. All of them remain active on Facebook, despite some even being banned on other platforms, including Facebook, ones that Facebook owns. Third, it's important to take back 
So honestly, oh, I just hit my elbow so hard. Honestly, the fact that Jen Psaki is stumbling and bumbling to even get these words out makes me think that she doesn't even want to be the one that's having to say this, but she is the one that's been tasked with it. She just seems so uncomfortable up there and she can't even read off the paper that's right in front of her because why? She knows what she's saying. She knows what she's doing and she knows it's a bad look for it. America as a whole for Biden's administration. And that's why she can't even concisely state what she's stating because she even knows how bad it looks. And again, you think that 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 was bad enough. You know, the government is coming forward and saying, hey, um, you know, we've been monitoring people and what they've been saying. And uh, we're going to silence and we've been tagging specific posts that we don't like. So Jen Psaki came out and said that. And if you guys thought that wasn't bad enough, it, it keeps getting worse. This is her most recent statement in regards to social media and what Americans should be allowed to talk about on these alleged uh, pl private platforms. Because remember, um, that is how big tech gets away with, you know, the Section 230 and censoring specific people. They're like, oh, well, we're a private company. Really? So a private company that is now working in tandem with the government to silence the average American citizen. Let's listen to Jen Psaki latest quote from today. Platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. So there you guys go from Jen Psaki's mouth right there for the Biden administration. If you're banned on one social media platform, you should be banned from other social media platforms as well, or all social media platforms, because that's what the Biden administration thinks. They think that if you are spreading misinformation, which again, and I want to keep hammering this home, misinformation in 2021 is going counter to what the government wants you to believe, wants you to think, and wants you to obey them in regards to. So you know how, um, for example, the Wuhan lab leak, the entire media, all of these politicians and the Biden administration were saying, oh, it's racist to say it came from China and then it leaked from a lab, blah, blah, blah. You can't do that. You can't say that. And then all of the evidence actually came out that said, hey, uh, there was a leak. There was um specific research that was being conducted, gain of function research specifically that did make coronaviruses more infectious to humans. But, um, you know, we've been running this year long propaganda campaign. And if you say anything counter to that, we're going to kick you off of any social media platform. On top of that as well, talking about how, you know, big tech is working in collusion with the government to keep people silenced. Let's go ahead and listen to what, um, Hel Schmidt, who is a member of Facebook's oversight board and former prime minister of Denmark, has to say about um, our free speech as well. Let's just, um, again, member of Facebook's oversight board. What does she think about the, the First Amendment? Let's go ahead and find out. How do you moderate content and when, how do you find that balance between uh, human rights uh, and free, free speech? This is a human rights but also other human rights, because obviously free speech is not an absolute human right. It has to be balanced with other human rights. And that is... So there you guys go. Free speech is not an absolute human right coming from the mouth of a member of the Facebook Oversight Board and former Prime Minister of Denmark. I don't know how more blaringly obvious what we're all living through right now can be. 
But for some reason, we still have Americans who will stand up for Joe Biden, say that this election was not fortified in the slightest and it was very valid that there was there was just, you know, so much election integrity and voter integrity in this past election, that everything that happened with COVID was essential, that the government responded correctly, that if you spread misinformation then you deserve to be banned on all social media platforms. How have we gotten to this point? Because I keep seeing a lot of conservatives saying "Uh, to the Americans who voted this in, how could you do this? And I want to make a point here that we didn't vote this in. And we're going to go into the election audits that are currently happening in uh, Maricopa County and also Fulton County in Arizona and Georgia. Uh, A lot of people were pointing out the discrepancies in these two specific swing states. But of course, we were all called conspiracy theorists. And if we talked about election fraud or voter fraud, we were immediately silenced and censored. And um, I believe the audit this morning for Maricopa County is already deleted off of YouTube. It's very difficult to find the live stream. And that's exactly what happened this past year, too, in regards to anything that, you know, said voter fraud or tried to show evidence of it. It got deleted off of YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, because it was misinformation. But again, if you look at the the pattern right now, okay? The government is saying, you know, uh, we're going to commit crimes. And if you call us out and you, if you have fact-based evidence to call out our lies and our crimes, we're just going to pretend it's misinformation. We're going to shut you down and you're not allowed to talk about it. And that's exactly where we're at right now. Uh, In regards to the voter fraud, I will show you guys what has been brought forth. um, And you guys can form your own opinions on that. But it is a very... It's a very dangerous place to be as a country when we have a government who so clearly is okay with lying to the people. We have big tech who's so willingly able and wanting to work with them in regards to silencing the American people. And then also, uh, you know, again, like this just stretches to multiple layers. So we're going to go over a couple of tweets just to, again, go over the absolute state of America. Um, Bonchi pointed out on Twitter, our freaking State Department flew the flag of BLM. Think about how awful that looks in light of their latest statement. Oh, and this is in regards to Black Lives Matter saying that um, the people in Cuba were like they're basically protesting right now. And it's the fault of the U.S. The state of Cuba is the fault of the U.S. And um, again, More than anything, I wanted to bring this tweet up because our government is infiltrated by the same crazed leftists that continue to perpetuate lies and fact check um, the Americans trying to get out truth. Nick Short also points out it's not the government that's censoring information. It's the fact checkers. It's not the government that's going door to door to remind you to get your vaccine. It's trusted voices in the community. And that's just another great example of the manipulation of our language. You guys know I say this every single podcast, every single show, but this is exactly what this is. It's like, well, it's not the government doing. It's just fact checkers who've been verified and validated. We're working with doctors. Yes, these same doctors who lied about hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and also, uh, you know, guided an entire country of 330 million people to shut down and wear face masks, even when they were vaccinated. And hey, maybe even wear a double mask. These doctors that don't actually follow valid science. Those are the doctors that they're working with. Those are the trusted voices in the community that the entire government is allowing to dictate our freedom of information at this point, because we don't have freedom of information. And why do we see the government coming down so hard right now in regards to big tech and social media? Probably because the other day, uh, just yesterday, actually, 
actually. Hashtag Trump won, Biden cheated was trending at number one on Twitter. And that is because everyone was seeing what was coming out again in Maricopa County and in um, Fulton County in regards to many ballots being double counted. So that was trending on Twitter. But again, Jen Psaki, Joe Biden, they don't like that. They really don't like when the American people form their own opinions based on evidence and facts that are coming out. That's absolutely not okay in 2021. Now, Georgia's Secretary of State also came forward and said Fulton County's continued failures have gone long enough with no accountability. Rick Barron and Ralph Jones, Fulton's registration chief, must be fired and removed from Fulton's elections leadership immediately. Fulton's voters and the people of Georgia deserve better, and we're going to get into what he's talking about here. But uh, Bernard Carrick, who was the 40th police commissioner of the New York City Police Department, said, You piece of shit. You denounced President Trump's claims and told the media and Georgians it was a perfect election. You know about the corruption and failures on November 7th, and you did absolutely nothing about it, you and Governor Kemp should resign immediately. Now, let's go ahead and get into why these Americans are so upset and what exactly it is they're talking about. This is from Tucker Carlson's broadcast where he talked about this exact same thing. I played this video for you guys as B-roll the other day, but it didn't have audio. Well, I found the version that has audio via Tucker Carlson's piece, and I want you guys to listen to this because a lot of people are trying to come out right now and say, hey, voter fraud never happens, uh, voting by mail is very safe. Republicans are trying to pass an oppressive voting bill, even though, you know, throughout all of history, we've required voter ID. Watch this video and tell me this doesn't seem like a huge discrepancy in regards to the 2020 election. Listen to this. What I'm going to show you here is two ballots side by side. One of them is marked for Jason Shaw, and it's got a little squiggle mark next to it. You can see it's got the identical mark on the second one. And the ballot image is stored up here on the top left. So this one over here is scanner 5162, that's scanner number three, fax number 235, image number 19. And that matches 234, image 59. So you have the same ballot, counted twice in the images and counted in the audit. How that's possible, I don't know. So there you guys go. They had the same ballot counted twice. And I know some of you are saying you're having trouble hearing the videos on this stream. Well, remember, you can always find this show via podcast where I always make sure to edit the audio and post so you guys can always hear everything. Link to the podcast is down below. Please remember to leave a five star review. Now, on top of this video where they did this audit and they said, hey, this ballot was counted twice in the audit. It's the exact same ballot. I don't know how that could have happened. On top of that, we also have in regards to the Arizona hearing, 11,326 voters were not on voter rolls on November 7th, but were on the voter roll on December 4th and were marked a voted in November 3rd election. But that's not all, guys. It keeps going. Stunning in a race decided by 10,457 votes. I believe this is in regards to Maricopa County again in Arizona. Uh, stunning in a race decided by 
10,457 votes, 3,981 voted despite registering after the October 15th deadline. 11,326 voted who were not on rolls on November 7th, but were on December 4th. 18,000 voted and then were removed from rolls after the election. 74,243 mail-in ballots with no evidence of ever being sent. And in regards to um, you know what? We're going to watch this video as well. I know you guys are having trouble hearing them today, but this video is also very important because, again, these audits are going on. They're bringing forth evidence of, hey, this is how our voting system and process works. And this is the discrepancy in how we know for a fact that people didn't vote that that were said to have voted in this election. So let's go ahead and watch this clip as well. Seven thousand seventy four thousand two hundred forty three mail in ballots um, where there is no clear record of them being sent. And just to be clear, I'm um, here in the state of Arizona. There's there's uh, EV 32s and EV 30 33s. EV 32s is supposed to give a record of when a mail in ballot is sent. And an EV 33 is supposed to give a record of when uh, the mail in ballot is received. And so there should be an equal, you know, there should be more EV 32s more sent out than there are that, that are received. Specifically with these, we also, we can tie them to a specific individual that was mailed to. And so we have 74,000 where we have and came back from individuals where we don't have a clear indication that they were ever sent out to them. That could be something we're, we're done. So there we go. Um, this Arizona Senate hearing, this guy tries to say, you know, it could just be a discrepancy in the way that this information um you know, was was detailed, was talked about. But it, it is very, very interesting to see, again, all of this come out. Here's another tweet. Um, ballot batch sheets fraudulently showed multiple unanimous 100 to zero counts for Biden, as well as 150 to zero and 200 to zero. Uh, this woman, Liz Harrington, asks, are we now in a third world country? Where else? Well, well, what else would they find once the full forensic audit takes place? And as you guys can see here, it's an absentee scanner and it's like all of the batches. I imagine that um, the person who counted the absentee ballots, that was the total that they came up with. 200 straight for Biden, zero for Trump, 150 for Biden in that specific stack, zero for Trump. That looks like a little bit of a discrepancy there. Uh, again, I know in regards to Arizona, huge Trump trains, big Trump support uh, for him over there. So very, very interesting Um also, in the Senate hearing, they were saying that the Maricopa County election system was breached in November and voters were privately notified, but it was kept from the public. So a lot coming out in these hearings. Um, John Katz also points out, you don't lose 18 of 19 bellwethers and then simultaneously flip Arizona and Georgia blue for the first time in decades. Not possible. That was another big discrepancy that a lot of people were pointing out. Um that seemed very weird that, um, you know, specific states were voting like in favor of Trump. And then all of a sudden, you know, come midnight, things went black, things went dark. And then uh, Joe Biden miraculously won in those states. Never, ever forget that, uh, that like, um, what's it called? That graph where it was like, whoop. For Joe Biden, like it just stops and then it just goes straight up. And then Joe Biden's in the lead. Now, on top of, voter fraud, um, just discrepancies with our election not being allowed to be talked about on social media. Uh, remember that over the past uh, six months, 
Since actually last November, many people were kicked off of social media for trying to talk about this, for trying to blow the whistle on it. And it turned into this big muddled mess of, oh, it's everything's misinformation and everyone was throwing stories out. And um, I think there were a lot of things that were legitimate, but because there was so much coming out and because everyone was trying to grab for, you know, evidence of voter fraud so quickly, it became this huge muddled mess. And then we got what we got last year. But again, as time has gone on and as these audits are being placed, we are seeing the true facts and evidence come out. But big tech is still working overtime to keep that off the record and keep it silenced. On top of that, we also have Jen Psaki who refused to denounce communism and going back to the original uh, topic of today's show, fascism, fascists being in our U.S. government and ruling our country right now um, on top of, you know, using big tech to silence private American citizens. Uh, Jen Psaki was also asked about what's going on in Cuba and she basically said that they were protesting because of mismanagement over there. I'm just going to play this as B-roll. I'm not going to, you know, do the sound because I know we're having a little bit of audio issues, which I will eventually get fixed. But uh, Peter Ducey of Fox News came forward and asked Jen Psaki, uh, you know, will you denounce or why do you think Cubans are fleeing Cuba? And Jen Psaki said because of government mismanagement. And then um a lot of people came down really hard on Jen Psaki for not being able to denounce communism without being able to come forward straight out and say, Cuban people are fleeing because of communism, not because of government mismanagement, because of communism. And again, why do we have so many public officials who are willing to stand up for and vouch for communism by not explicitly uh, speaking out against it? And since so many people did come down on Jen Psaki. She has since come out and said, communism is bad. Communism is why people are fleeing Cuba. Communism is not good. But she only came out and said that because so many people got upset that she could not denounce communism immediately when she was asked about it. And she kept trying to manipulate the language and tiptoe around why people in Cuba are actually protesting. And that is communism. Now, this video has come out since of a young um, Cuban woman who actually wanted to say, hey, this is what's going on in Cuba and this is what living under communism is like. Of course, this is what Jen Psaki and all of the Democrats in our government don't want you to hear about communism. Um, let's play this full two minute clip because it is very important um, to understand what's actually going on over there. I'm going to speak in English about what's going on in Cuba because I don't hear a lot of English speakers talking about this and my generation talking about this. Cuba has been under dictatorship for 62 years. So people, for naturally, for the last 62 years, since 1960s and 1958, around there, people started making homemade boats that we call lanchas and have bringing them to the coast of, of Florida seeking shelter. Let me explain to you why, because you might be saying, well, they're just immigrants invading because they want to leave their home country. No, it's because us Cubans, we don't complain about anything. It takes a lot for us to complain. And this, I'm sick and tired of it. So let me tell you what's going on. There's no coffins for dead bodies. If you have a dead family member, they get pronounced dead. They get wrapped in a bed sheet. You get, you get, the, you get delivered the dead body and you have to take it home with you. What you do with the body, they don't care. You have to figure it out. If you don't have a car, they don't provide transportation and you have to take the dead body home walking. There's no drinking water. Food costs 200 US dollars. A pound of rice costs 200 US dollars. You don't want to know how much a 10 pound one costs. My favorite part. Canadian dollars is the currency of Cuba right now. If you don't have family here in the United States to give you money, you have to figure it out. 
You have to figure it out. Because the only way you can get money in Cuba is if you get it sent to you by here. Oh, and here, it takes months to get to Cuba. They shut off their light and water at 7. As soon as the sun goes down, your electricity gets shut. Internet is shut right now worldwide in Cuba. That's why we're not getting any new news. But we have family there. Everybody's out on the streets right now, just the same way they were yesterday. They're out on the streets right now. There's no medication. There's no Advil. There's no antibiotics. There's no butterfly butterfly needles. There's no IVs. There's nothing. There's nothing. And now is when people are hearing the screams out of Cuba. I'm. So there you guys go. That is the reality of living in a communist state. That is in the reality of living under communism. And again, we have to continue to look to Cuba and all of these other countries that have failed from communism time and time again to see what's coming here to the U.S. Because as I have been talking about, as many people have been talking about, our dollar is severely inflated. Uh, CNN put this out. Car rentals up 87 percent. Used cars up 45 percent. Gas is up 45 percent. Laundry machines up 29 percent. Airfare, 24 percent. Hotels up 16 percent. Furniture up 8 percent. Bacon up 8 percent. TVs are up 7 percent. Fruit is up 7 percent. Shoes are up 6 percent. Fresh fish up 6 percent. And milk up 5.6 percent. And why is that? It's because that we have people in government who spend our money frivolously, who continue to print money, who use our money for corrupt things. We have a government that doesn't truly care about American constituents and is trying to silence private American citizens via private companies. I hope people wake up and see what's actually going on here. On top of that, um, this came out today. Nobody should trust Wikipedia. Its co-founder warns. Larry Sanger says site has been taken over by left-wing volunteers who write off sources that don't fit their agenda as fake news. And that comes from the Daily Mail. So we're being run by an entire administration of people who work in tandem with all of these big tech companies who outright censor people that they don't agree with, who outright call Trump supporters Nazis and then go on air and say that Nazis need to be punched in the face. Um, also, to the topic of inflation. Anomaly made the great point that, uh, you know, a lot of people are trying to say, oh, this is Biden's inflation. This is inflation under Joe Biden. Joe Biden is to blame. I've even said that a lot to myself, but he made the very important point of who signed the $2 trillion COVID stimulus bill, the first one. Donald Trump did. And who was the only politician who came out and pushed back against it and said it was the worst decision that could have come out of this administration. It was going to be bad for the American people. Thomas Massey and Donald Trump came out immediately condemned Thomas Massey, as did the entire media, because they were saying, oh, the American people need this stimulus bill. They need us to print the money. We need these trillions of dollars for Americans. But guess what? We all read the stimulus bills and several others have been passed. And the majority of the stimulus bill money did not actually go to Americans. It went to all of these different weird foundations and organizations. It went to, you know, racism is a public health emergency. It didn't go to the American people. We flooded our U.S. economy with two trillion fake dollars that the Federal Reserve just printed. And now we have the media again. Now that inflation rates are going up and people getting a little bit nervous, you have the Federal Reserve coming forward and saying, oh, inflation is a good thing. CNBC coming forward and saying, well, if you, there's inflation, it just means that you get more money. So. Again, that's our media. And going back to the, the Cuban protests as well, look at how our media is 
rewriting history before our very eyes via these Cuban protests. Uh, Reuters came out with this just yesterday, Cuban or two days ago, Cuban protesters risk exacerbating COVID-19 spike. But when it's BLM, you know, back in 2020, they say demonstrators gathered for Black Lives Matter protests in London. So that's Reuters. That is our media. They are okay with lying to the American public and rewriting history before our very eyes every single day. And the American people just continue to take it. We now have the Biden administration straight up coming forward and saying that they are censoring people who dissent, who, yeah, who basically dissent to the narrative that they're trying to put out, even though we've seen time and time again, the government continue to lie to us. For example, Joy Reid, MSNBC, and even Joe Biden's administration themselves said that there's no border crisis. It's not really that bad that, you know, they're doing all they can, blah, blah, blah. You had, um, um, Secretary of the DHS Mayorkas come out and say, hey, Cubans, don't feel like you can come to the U.S. Don't make the trip. Don't come. You had Kamala Harris saying the exact same thing, but only after months and months and months of pressure from Americans, from the conservative media, for right-wing media saying, hey, Kamala, when are you actually going to go to the border? The reason why she didn't go is because it is a very big issue and you can literally go with a camera as a private American citizen and go watch people cross the border illegally. Okay, that's how bad it is. Bill Mnugin of Fox LA says CPB reports 188,829 encounters with migrants at our South by border during the month of June. Another increase over May's 20-year high record number of 180,000. VP Kamala Harris touted extreme progress at the border last month, 901,000 total through June. On top of that, two weeks into July and the federal government still hasn't released migrant encounter numbers at our southern border for the month of June. They released them for May, April, March, February, and January, but nothing for June. Uh, he says 2021 total through May was over 712,000. On top of that, the media is now trying to say that why we're seeing an influx at the border is because of a seasonal thing. Um, my friend Julio Rosas, who is at the border extensively, though, says, this is what I explained during the panel I was a part of for CPAC. This is happening every day, and it's not some seasonal influx. As always, this number does not include those who have been able to get away from Border Patrol, which can be as high as 2,000 people per day. And he's talking about this chart that was shared by Chad Guildmartin on Twitter, who says a border encounters increased in June to to over 188,000. This is the fourth consecutive month of over 170,000 encounters at our southern border. But again, our media trying to say, oh, it's a seasonal influx. It's just the weather's good. So all the migrants are deciding to make that journey. No, our media is lying to us. The Biden administration is lying to us. And they're in collusion with big tech and various other politicians on both the right and the left to keep spreading these propaganda to the American people. And Dan Bongino has been talking about, too, a lot on his shows, how he wants to bring forth lawsuits against all of these tech companies because they're coming down really hard on his own Facebook pages right now. They've been trying to get him kicked off of social media for a long time. That's why he's worked with, um, you know, Parler, try to get that up and running. I believe he's making his own um website right now or own payment processing uh, site because we know that PayPal, Venmo, all of these various payment processing sites have kicked conservatives off. That's why he's doing all of these things because he knows that conservatives are coming under or right-wingers, uh, even centrists at this point are coming down, um, are dealing with big tech coming down on them very, very much in regards to, um, you know, if they say the wrong thing, they're going to ruin their lives. And so Dan Bongino right now is saying he wants to bring forth a lawsuit against all these big tech companies that are lying and slandering him. But 
I hate to be cynical about this, but look, look at our justice system. Look at our justice system for the past year. And what is really going to come of these lawsuits at all? Donald Trump also has a lawsuit in regards to big tech kicking him off right now. Candace Owens did the exact same thing as did DC Drano. Uh, I never see any of these going anywhere. Why? Because they have the protection of the government that they're working with. Emerald Robinson also came forward today and said SCOTUS justices Alito and Thomas are already publicly warning conservatives that Barrett and Kavanaugh lack fortitude and are unwilling to bear the criticism that will come with making conservative decisions. And we've seen that with both um, Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh's decision making in the time that they've been in the Supreme Court so far. So that is the very upper echelons of our justice system. They don't even have the backbone to stand up for conservatism or truth or what they actually believe in. And we want to bring lawsuits forward against big tech. Lawsuits aren't going to do anything. Our justice system, our whole entire nation is so corrupt to the core that I really don't feel like there's much that we can do at this point outside of going and buying our own land in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and going and doing our own thing and just staying so far away from government as possible. They'll even find you over there. But I feel like that's what the average American has to do at this point. And again, to going into the deep, deep-seated corruption in our country, this story came out today from the Wall Street Journal. FBI agents disregarded gymnast complaints about Larry Nassar, then made false statements to cover mistakes. If you guys don't remember, Larry Nassar was the U.S. gymnastics team doctor in 2015 who was alleged to be molesting the gymnast. The Justice Department's Inspector General report dissects the FBI's failed response to allegations against the U.S. gymnastics team's doctor in 2015. FBI agents disregarded allegations by Olympic gymnasts that they were sexually assaulted by former national team doctor Larry Nassar and later made false statements to cover their mistakes. The Justice Department investigators said Wednesday in a long-awaited report on the Bureau's handling of one of the biggest abuses, abuse cases in U.S. sports history. The Justice Department's Inspector General detailed multiple failings in the FBI's response to the gymnast complaints, which were first brought into the Indianapolis field office on July 28th of 2015. But for more than a year after that, the Bureau did almost nothing in response. So those are our intelligence agencies, absolutely corrupt. And this is not the first time nor the last time that information has been brought forward to these intelligence agencies. And um, they have done absolutely nothing with it. In regards to a lot of the mass shootings and school shootings we've seen, um, many of these school shooters are like the FBI is alerted that, hey, this person seems like, you know, they're going down a dangerous path. We're letting you know now the FBI does nothing. A school shooting happens. It happens time and time again and speculate why that happens, uh, you know, as you will. But uh, as you can see in this country, deep seated corruption on multiple levels. We can't trust our government. We can't trust our media. We can't trust our intelligence agencies? What do we have really in this country? What have we conserved here in America nowadays? Everything is just so uh, corrupt. Going back to what our FBI is actually focused on, not actually taking down people who are molesting children, people who are going to go commit mass shootings. Um, an entire Texas family was arrested for walking around the Capitol on July 6th, including a minor. A family friend turned them into the FBI. So that is what all of the FBI's resources are being focused in on right now. People who walked around the Capitol on January 6th, even a child uh, was arrested in, in this. Okay, a minor was arrested because our FBI is more focused on bringing these people who walked around the Capitol to justice than they are any of the domestic terrorists who burned down our country last year or, you know, any any of the uh, U.S. 
gymnast doctors who were molesting young women. So um, that's the absolute state of America right now. And um, again, too, just going into the entire propaganda machine that we've been seeing a big push for the COVID vaccination still in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, who's very popular with Gen Z, very popular on TikTok, young singer, had the honor of speaking with POTUS yesterday about the importance of young people getting vaccinated. She tweeted out, check out vaccine.gov to learn more about vaccines and to find a vaccination center near you. It's easy, free, and so important. So we now have teenage influencers coming forward and telling you to get the vaccine. It's so funny because I specifically remember how we were told not to listen to anyone who wasn't a medical professional, aka Joe Rogan. Don't listen to Joe Rogan about the vaccine. He's not a doctor. He didn't go to medical school, but you want us to listen to this. I I don't know how old this girl is. I think she's still a teenager, actually. Actually, you you want the American people to listen to this girl. And the sad part about all of this, too, is that the average young teenage American who does not need the covid vaccine because they have the biggest chance of surviving covid-19 unless they have underlying conditions like they really have no need to get this. They're going to listen to this young girl, and that is why the White House brought her to come promote the vaccines, because they know it's wildly unpopular among young people, among the average American, because people can see the adverse side effects. And I'm bringing up this tweet as well because it was retweeted by Brian Stelter's, uh, yeah, CNN's Brian Stelter. It says, in regards to the L.A. County, who will now be requiring residents to wear face masks in indoor public spaces, regardless of their vaccination status, starting this weekend, um, Peter Kafka said, we won't mandate vaccination, which does prevent COVID spread, but we will mandate masks. This isn't sustainable. Again, retweeted by Brian Stelter of CNN. They want to force people to take this vaccination, which, and I will say this until I'm blue in the face, has been shown to have adverse side effects, um, has been linked to people dying, linked to young teenage boys having heart attack-like symptoms, linked to a healthy 30-year-old mom with no underlying conditions dying from organ failure. That's what this has been tied to. And you have members of the media saying it needs to be mandated. It needs to be forced. Forget the face mask. Let's go next level and force people to inject an experimental vaccine into their bodies that they don't know how it's going to affect them. There's no research behind it, but that's what needs to be done. Now, this article came out from uh, Reuters. Pharmacies pull J&J sunscreen off shelves after carcinogenic substances were found in some of the sprays. Uh, This is a pharmacy chain, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart are pulling Johnson & Johnson sunscreen products off their shelves after J&J said it had detected a cancer-causing chemical in some samples of pharmaceutical and consumer goods. Company J&J on Wednesday voluntarily recalled five Neutrogena and Aveeno brand aerosol sunscreens and advised consumers to stop using the products and discard them after internal testing found low levels of benzene in some sprays. Yes, J&J, the same people who created the Johnson and Johnson vaccine that has since been recalled. Why? Because it was linked to extreme blood clotting. Chef Andrew Gruel points out Johnson and Johnson recalling sunscreen because they have carcinogens in them. Never in a million years did I think these huge pharmaceutical companies would ever endanger us. My world is shattered. I just hope that's the only product that is tainted. 100%. And again, too, why why shouldn't we mandate vaccines? Let's just say, you know, some people, a small, small amount of people get hurt by it, but who cares? It's not really that big of a deal if statistically you'll look at the greater good for everyone. 
why shouldn't we mandate it? Well, because of stories like this. Now, as you guys can see, um, this is a beautiful girl. She's posting this photo on Instagram, looks very young and full of life. Uh, her post says, as many of you are probably aware, I was accepted to BYU Hawaii for this fall, the school of my dreams. I had always dreamed of attending there and pushed myself throughout high school to ensure I would get in. In March of this year, I found out I was accepted. Never had I ever been more proud of myself over the course of the last few months. I've been preparing myself to move in August. I was beyond excited. Then on June 16th, BYUH announced they would be mandating the vaccine to all those coming in the fall. This may not seem like a big deal to some, but for me, it was huge. I'm not sure how many of you can recall this, but in February of 2019, I was diagnosed with Julian Barr syndrome. Julian uh, Barr is an autoimmune disease caused by vaccines, which resulted in me being hospitalized and being paralyzed from the waist down. At the time, I was a full-time dancer, and I thought I would never be able to walk or dance again. After many agonizing nights and days, I was mentally exhausted. I knew no medicine could heal me, but I knew one thing could, my Savior. As I laid in my hospital bed, I asked my parents to join me in prayer that day, put it on my faith and trust into the Lord, and because of Him, I was healed and able to fully recover, something not seen in my kind of situation except for rarely so that is why it shouldn't be mandated and forced on people right there because some people because of health reasons cannot get the vaccine but selfish people like cnn pundit brian stelter says that you should be getting it hang on guys give me five seconds All right, guys, so that is that post absolutely heartbreaking to see. And this is why it shouldn't be mandated because we are ruining people's lives at this point and we are dictating and mandating how people should deal with their health. And if we were really, if the government really cared about its constituents' health, they would be mandating no more fast food. They'd be man mandating forced workouts because obesity in this country is a huge proponent of why a lot of people die in America. Now, this was taken out of McDonald's free vaccine here, July 12th, 19th, and 26th. And Young Americans for Liberty wrote, eat fast food, get a free vaccine. This is our society right now. And it is very funny that it is being advertised at a McDonald's where, again, keep in mind, I'll uh, never, ever stop repeating that what, over 70% of COVID hospitalizations were obese people. And then um, that's where the vaccine is being pushed at McDonald's tied to the high obesity rates here in America. Now, while things seem bleak over here, they are looking a little bit better in foreign countries. And uh, Israel's Prime Minister Bennett said about the Pfizer vaccine, we do not know exactly to what degree the vaccine helps, but it is significantly less than health officials expected. And that comes from the Jerusalem Post. Also, Spain's highest courts ruled that last year's strict lockdown was unconstitutional. Good on Spain for understanding that. Good on, um, again, Israel for at least being truthful enough to tell their people what's actually going on. And then this is a live look of what's going on in France right now. Many of the people over there are protesting. Again, uh, Macron's forced mandated COVID passport. And these were the scenes uh, this past weekend as people push back against this. So good on France, good on Israel, and good on Spain for one, having a government that's willing to be semi-truthful and two, having people in their country willing to stand up for their rights and freedoms because we don't see that here in America. Why? Because everyone here in America is subservient. They listen to the TV. And that's why we don't have the uprisings that we've seen in like the UK and in 
France as much here in America. I'm not saying it doesn't happen here. I'm just saying it's not as big as it is over there. And it's a very sad state that our country is in. Thomas Massey tweeted this out. Vaccine choice is not anti-vax. Anyone equating the two deserves your derision. Very important point there. Uh, Also, though, I think that even, again, using the term anti-vax has been so weaponized that now you can't come out and say, hey, I don't like the COVID vaccine without being called that. But maybe we should be listening to the anti-vaxxers because they seem to have been ahead of the curve. And it really took a an experimental vaccine that was not FDA approved to be forced onto the American people for them to wake up about, hey, maybe these other people who've been trying to blow the whistle for years weren't so, so stupid after all. Other good things happening, especially here in America as well. Washington Examiner, Rand Paul pushes to repeal mask mandate on public transportation. Good on you, Rand Paul. I'm glad that you're actually being the one to say no more face masks. Um, I believe this is for, yep, he says, when the Senate returns to session, I will be introducing an immediate repeal of the mask mandates on planes. Unlike Ted Cruz, Rand Paul is not saying only for vaccinated Americans. He's saying end the mask mandate. So good on Rand Paul, Kentucky Republican, strong man, actually has a spine. Ted Cruz, take notes because we're all really disappointed with your entire response and um, I guess thoughts on mandated masks. So Ted, take notes from Rand Paul, one of the politicians who truly, I feel like has not really let me down in in any capacity. So we're going to end the show um, with this really disturbing video that I saw. Uh, I had to see it. So you guys have to see it too. And by no means am I making fun of this person, but I'm going to make a couple of very important points here. Now, this is a video that says, this is how I reparent myself. And it's a blue haired liberal with hairy legs, this is a woman holding herself while she cries and sobs. She says, I love you. I'm so sorry. She's holding herself. Just listen to this. It's safe to cry. It's safe to Okay, I'm done with that. I can feel my emotions. I can feel pain. Okay, the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is why America is where it is right here. Now, I am not demonizing this woman crying, her emotions, wanting her feelings to feel validated, depression either. I feel like a lot of people, especially in the conservative space, won't talk about depression because it seems weak. It seems, oh, like blah, blah, blah. It's just like a, a, you know, like a very, not liberal thing, I would say, but it's like people... People try to say that if you're depressed, you're just pathetic and that you're a victim and blah, blah, blah. But these are very real issues. And I feel like the the topic of depression is something that the majority of people face, whether they're on the right or the left. Um, You know, one side just talks about it more. So again, I'm definitely not demonizing this woman, having her feelings, working through them, you know, saying, hey, if it makes one less person feel alone, then I'm going to post this video. But what I am going to bring forth is that this is how America has gotten to where it's gotten to, because guess what? 
everyone feels depression, everyone feels anxiety, and everyone gets sad sometimes. But the difference between people who are actually civil members of society and contribute to society versus somebody like this is that guess what? I would never post a video of myself crying and holding myself saying, it's okay, feel your feelings, feel validated me, I love you me, let me reparent myself and put it on the internet. Why would I never do that? Because I'm a grown adult and because I have a job. And if my job saw that, they would say, I don't think your mental health is that great. Do you need help? Do you need therapy? Because as a grown adult who was raised with like morals and values, I understand handling my emotions like an adult, not going and putting it on the internet and showing other people how to reparent themselves and say, oh, I always wanted other people to validate my feelings, but now I'm, I validated my own feelings, blah, blah, blah. So by no means is this a feeling that is, again, not felt by conservatives or other people. I deal with depression myself, but I would never do this because again, I'm living in reality. I'm not living in the safe space that all these liberals liberals are living in where they say, oh, I could just post this video. And if my employer saw it, or if I try to get a job in the future and they typed in my name and this video came up, they would see that and they would realize I'm a vulnerable person and that I have so many emotions. I have so much to offer the world. No, the average business owner would look at that and think that you're absolutely insane and a crazy person. And that is the problem with Americans. We're so coddled. We're so soft that we think we can post videos like that on the internet. And then get, guess what? When they can never get jobs their whole life, they're like, well, it's because of a racist system. No, it's because you're pathetic and you are not a real adult. Okay. That's why learn how to take hold of your emotions. Everybody has them. You're not special because you have depression or anxiety. Guess what happens when I get depressed? I get my ass up out of bed and I keep working because life moves on, sweetheart. Going, going back to what's going on in America. 41% of Baltimore public high school students earn below a 4.0, a 1.0 GPA this year. Sorry, I wished it was a 4.0. That's why I said 4.0 initially, but it's 1.0 GPA. That is Baltimore public high schools. And finally, we had Apple come out with the latest emojis and it is a pregnant man because that is what the average American focuses on and thinks is important. Pregnant man emojis and representation and inclusivity. No, our entire country is being run by fascists who want to silence your opinions. And guess what? To all the liberals who voted in Joe Biden and push communism in this country and fly communist flags and push socialism, guess whose voices are going to be silenced when the true fascists actually take control? They already are. We're already seeing it. But once they take total control, you will be silenced too. And then your pregnant man emojis won't mean shit. So uh, that's all I got for you guys today. I know this was a lot of information. We rapid fired through it. I don't know how to use that in a better verb, but thank you guys so much for sticking with me. Again, if you're a fan of my show, please spread the show. Please share the podcast. Um, please go leave a five-star review. Um, Spotify, Apple, Podbean, whichever platform you'd like. Someone asked me to put it on Pandora. I will be doing that shortly as well, but please go leave a five-star review and uh, also leave me a written review. I read all of them and I appreciate all of your guys' support. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me on another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez.